Would you turn with me please this morning to Ephesians 6. Ephesians the 6th chapter. Won't you say it out loud, Lord let me hear and receive exactly what I need to hear from this message in Jesus' name. Lord, we're thanking you for hearing our prayers already. We're believing you for divine grace deposits, truth impartations, strength, and answers to questions and direction in Jesus' name. Amen. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter, would you notice with me as I begin reading in verse 10, please. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I don't have to be weak. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We, we need to, you know, to, to be effective against your enemy, you need to understand him a little bit. And every time we hear about the enemy, we hear about wiles, craftiness, deceptiveness, subtlety, darkness. Don't look for him at the front door. Do you know what I mean by that? He's not a man of honor and integrity. He's not going to face off with you and say, come on, let's just do it man to man. No, he's a coward. He is a liar. He's a thief. He's always going to try to trick you, lie to you, deceive, subtle wiles. But we've got armor. Hallelujah. We've got protection against wiles. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Flesh is not our problem. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Let me read these phrases again. The enemy is coming against us with wiles, craftiness, subtleness, deception. We have armor. And with this armor, he first of all mentions withstanding, standing, standing. It's a resistance. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, say that out loud, above all. Above all. all, Taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and he talks about praying always. The thing the Lord quickened to me that I was to minister has to do with this great shield of faith. The shield of faith. Look at that verse again. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench. That word quench means to extinguish, put out, render ineffective, nullify. All the fiery darts of the wicked. The word wicked also means hurtful. How many know the devil is a hurtful devil? He's out to hurt. The shield of faith is able to quench and extinguish how many? How many? Does he have any great big nuclear tip missiles that could blast through the shield of faith? I want you to understand, my friends, the shield of faith is impenetrable. Cannot be penetrated 
by any fire-tipped dart, any devil-inspired, filled, wild, and trick, nothing, but nothing has ever, can ever, will ever penetrate, pierce through, destroy the shield of faith. Oh, glory, I may get happy today. The shield of faith. This word shield is the word for big shield. If you look it up, it actually means, it's like the word for door. Big as a door. We're not talking about any little round shield like this. If you've been fired on, you don't want a little bitty shield. You want a big shield. And this is a big shield. Big as a door. Bigger than you. Amen. I don't like little bitty tight stuff, do you? I don't like little bitty tight cars. I like big cars. You got elbow room. I don't like little bitty tight airplanes. Little bitty tight houses. Little bitty tight clothes and shoes. Well, it'll be tight nothing. <laughs> God didn't give us any little bitty tight shield. If we move out millimeter above, we'll get blasted. No! We can whip out the lawn chair. Put our feet up behind this shield. Relax. Boom! The devil just fired a big one. That's all right. Peek around. Let it come. Let it come. Nothing can penetrate the shield of faith. Does that mean that if I always stay behind the shield of faith, nothing can get to me? Is that true? Go with me to Luke, please, the 10th chapter. Hallelujah. Everybody say shield of faith. faith. Big shield. shield. Impenetrable shield. He said above all, don't leave home without it. Above all, take this great big door-sized shield of faith wherewith you can put out. You can quench You can render ineffective and nullify all, all, everyone that could be fired, all the fiery darts of the wicked, hurtful enemy. In Luke 10, Jesus sent out the 70. He authorized them. He empowered them. They had been seeing him cast out devils and minister healing to people. And they were just having big fun with that. And when anybody had a problem, they said, yeah, come on, come on. We'll put you in line. Jesus will minister to you. He called them aside one day. He said, behold, I give unto you power and authority to cast out devils and to heal all diseases. You go. And I imagine they looked at each other and thought, did he say what I thought he said? We're going to do what he did? And so he sent them out and they began to do this and had wonderful success. People got healed. People got delivered. And in verse 17, the 70 returned again with joy. You know, the people rejoice when the righteous are in authority, the scripture said. Amen. If we're really on top, if the devil's really under our feet, we ought to be happy about it. Amen. They came back with joy and they said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. He said, yeah, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. 
And behold, I give to you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now get this. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I have a CD player. A lot of times when I go to bed, I have Bible CDs, you know, that I play. And uh, I was listening to Luke before I dozed off to sleep. And, and it got to this place, and man, I sat up in bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing shall by any means hurt you. I sat right up. I thought, glory. Nothing can hurt me. Nothing can hurt me. The Lord said, you had not been taking that seriously. And many, many like you have not been taking that seriously. Well, does, does it mean what it says? Are there a bunch of exceptions here that we should kind of read in between the lines? Or did Jesus really say, does it really belong to us? That if we'll follow him like these 70 were following and do his work and obey him, that we have power and authority. And we can tread, that word means trample. We can trample and stomp on things that sting and bite and hurt and poison. In Numbers, we might talk about this later, but it talks about fiery serpents, fiery darts, scorpions sting, snakes bite, they hurt. And what did he say? You'll walk on them. You'll trample on them. You'll say, ha, I'm not afraid of scorpions. And I'm not afraid of snakes. Why? Because they can't hurt me. They can't hurt me. Fiery darts can't hurt me. Serpents can't hurt me. Scorpions can't hurt me. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? I'm telling you, that's been ringing in my spirit ever since that evening. Nothing can hurt me. Nothing can hurt me. Now see, your head will pop up and go, oh, I don't know. I think you could be hurt. But do we walk by sight? Do we walk by reasoning? Or do we walk by the Word of God? When it comes to protection, people have always you know, not cared for the way we've said some things that we believe that we're protected. We're kept from airplane crashes and car wrecks and, and being robbed and molested and murdered and raped and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We, we believe we're protected. And if you're going to believe that, you've got to be bold about it and you've got to say, it won't happen to me. Now, when you say that, you got, you know, most of the religious world is going to jump up and go, oh, who do you think you are? There's a lot of good Christian people didn't plan on that stuff happening to them. Do you think you're better than they are? It doesn't have to do with being better. It's got to do with being a believer. And not just believing in Jesus in general, but believing in the protection of the Most High and claiming it for yourself. And what we're talking about is the shield. We're talking about faith. But I would encourage you today and to continue with this to not just see faith as a means of receiving only. Right? It is. We do receive. We're born again by faith. We do receive the Holy Ghost by faith. We do receive healing by faith. We receive our needs met by faith. But also understand this dimension of faith that faith is a shield. It is a protective force about you and about yours. About you and your, your home, your family, your ministry, your church, your outreaches. 
And you can, by believing, by, by standing in faith, raise up that mighty shield and have a barrier about you, a protection about you. And you need to say, it won't happen to me. It can't hurt me. People say, well, who do you think you are? Well, you need to quote the scripture. It'd be all right to quote the scripture. And what the psalmist say? It may happen to a thousand on this side. It may happen to ten thousand on the other. But it won't happen to me. And sometimes, you know, the enemy says, well, you've had problems in that area before. Well, maybe you didn't know then what you know now. Maybe you didn't have the shield of faith raised. When the shield is lowered, you're there for target practice. You don't have to lower it long because the enemy is there ready to fire. Let me just read some more scriptures to you. Establish this. Said out loud, nothing Nothing shall by any means means hurt hurt me. Those are the words of Jesus. Do you believe the words of Jesus? Now this does not mean that we'll never have any trials or attacks. But it does mean that no matter what's fired at us, it can't hurt us. It can't get to us. Now this word quench is the same word that's used in Hebrews to describe that through faith, the Hebrew children quench the violence of fire. And you remember the story. In fact, let me read it. Don't turn there. But let me read it in Daniel. Just the scripture. When the three Hebrew children were thrown into the midst of the fiery furnace. Everybody say fiery. Fiery furnace. And they're in there believing God. And the king looked in and he said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. Glory to God. No hurt. Now now get this, they weren't delivered from being thrown in the fire. That would have been a lot more comfortable, wouldn't it? They stood up and, and they raised the shield of faith. And they said, we're not careful to answer you, O king. We will not fall down and worship you. And if you throw us in, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. Well, he said, throw them in. Bound them up in their extra clothes so they'd burn real good. Tied them up, got the strongest men. And, and you know, they hadn't read the end of the story. It hadn't happened yet. Don't you know that they're thinking, okay, God, now's good. Now's good. He gets closer and closer. And these big men stumble and fall, overcome by the heat. You feel the heat blaring out of this place. You think, now God, now, now, now's a good time. And as they stumble down, they throw you on in. Oh, it would have been much more comfortable if God had moved on the king. While he sat there and went, hmm, you know, this is not right. Forget about it. You guys are free from this. But that would not have impressed the children in Sunday school. When you try to tell them about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the king said it was all right, they'd just, they'd rather have some more Kool-Aid. But when you get thrown in the fire, in the fire, This is the greater testimony. It's not comfortable. It's not easy on your flesh. But it's the greater testimony. A lot of times people say, we want some great miracles. Great signs and wonders. Oh yeah? Oh yeah? (laughs) The greatest ones are not when you're just delivered from it, but delivered out of the midst of it. (laughs) 
But even though they were thrown and it went down, looked like past the wire, the Bible said they had no hurt. And the princes and the governors and the captains and the kings, counselors, they gathered and they saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Not a hair of their head was singed. And the coats were not changed and the smell of fire didn't even pass on them. This is a witness. This is a sign. This is a demonstration of the keeping power of God. Yeah, the fire was there, but it didn't hurt them. I said it didn't hurt them. Said out loud, nothing shall by any means hurt me. I can't be hurt. <laughs> Only had about four people with me on that, on that last one there. You got to understand everything's by faith. The first time you said, by stripes I'm healed, that didn't sit well with your head. Right? You're thinking, yeah, but I'm not. Christians die from sickness all the time. Yeah, but you got to make up your mind whether you're going to believe what Jesus said or whether you're going to go by experience or lack of it or sight or feeling. Say it again. Nothing, Nothing. shall by any means hurt me. I can't be hurt. You can't hurt me. Nothing can hurt me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the religious folks will do with this, but I don't care. It just feels so wonderful. Hallelujah. And it's the words of Jesus. Hallelujah. Nothing can hurt me. Mm, mm, mm. Glory. To God. <laughs> Woo. Let me read you some more. We're just going to pound this home until it just pushes all of that doubt out. Job 5.19, just listen. Job 5.19 says, He shall deliver you in six troubles, yea, in seven there shall no evil touch you. None. We've already talked about Psalm 91.10. There shall no evil befall you. Neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Do you keep hearing these all-inclusive qualifiers? Any. Remember the scripture we read in Luke. Jesus said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. In the Greek, that's a double negative for emphasis. Much more than just nothing. It's none, not at all, no way at any time. It's double negative for emphasis. Jesus is saying, I give you power, authority over all the power of the enemy. You'll trample and tread on things that sting and bite and try to hurt you. And no matter what they do, and no matter how many fiery darts are fired at you, nothing. From any source, no way, no how, at any time. Can get through to you and penetrate my shield of faith if you'll keep it raised. Nothing can hurt you. Because it can't get through faith. It can't get to you. Glory to God. Can't get to me. That's why it can't hurt me. Can't get to me. Because it's got it's got to meet Mr. Faith. Mr. Faith has never been whipped. Because we're not just talking about somebody other's idea of faith. This is the faith of God. Comes out of God Himself. 
Do you understand that the faith that is in your bosom came out of God Himself? It's a portion of the same substance that He created the universe with. There's no wonder nothing can get through that. To get through that, you've got to get through God. You can't come through God. That's why it can't get to me. That's why I can't be hurt. Kind of makes you feel like Superman. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But don't drop the shield. You'll find out real quick, you ain't Superman. Ecclesiastes 8.5, I like this. It says, Whoso keeps the commandment shall feel no evil thing. You won't feel it. It might be about you. It might be launched against you. You might hear the thud of it against the shield. (laughs) But you won't feel it. It won't get through to you. In the New Testament, 1 John 5.18, 1 John 5.18 says, We know that whoever's born of God sins not, but he that's begotten of God keeps himself. How do you keep yourself? In faith. Keeps himself. And what? You know it. And that wicked one touches him not. Can't touch me. Do you believe these scriptures? Can we take them literally? Without exceptions? Yes, we can. Hallelujah. A favorite of many and of mine, Isaiah 54, 17, was it say? Most weapons. Huh? No. No. N-O. No. None. Oh, glory to God. No weapon. None that the devil has ever used. None that are incorporated right now. None that he will ever dream up or concoct in the future. No weapon. None. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Can't be hurt. Devil whips out a 22. You go, I ain't scared of that. It's a weapon. It can't hurt me. Whips out a 45. You go, I'm still not scared. So he whips out a 30 out 6 and you go, I'm not scared. Shoot. Shoot. People say, oh dear God, Brother Keith, I would never say the devil. Look, there ain't no way you're going to make a deal with him, okay? People are afraid to say things, you know, I'm not afraid of the devil. Shoot. You know, charismatics cringe about stuff like this. Oh, Brother Keith, ooh. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to say, look, Mr. Devil, now look, you, you don't bother me, and I won't bother you. Okay? I won't, I won't talk and say bad things about you, and you kind of cut me some slack. All right? You just leave me alone. Make like I'm not here. You know what he'll say? He'll say, sure. <laughs> sure. Got a deal? Yeah, deal. And when you turn your back, he's going to nail you. And you almost deserve it for being so dumb. So you might as well just put your armor on. Amen. Strap on the truth. Put on your righteousness. Hallelujah. Get your feet shy with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Go ahead and put your helmet of salvation on. 
Hallelujah. Get the sword of the Spirit and raise this great big door-sized shield and people around and say, Bring it on! Bring it on! Come on! Bring it on! And know that as long as you're behind the shield, no weapon. No weapon. Nothing. Nothing. No lawsuit. No past mistake. Did you hear me? No people that could be arrayed against you. Nothing, 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 no concoction of any weapon of any kind can prosper, can penetrate the faith. I can't be hurt. Sit out loud, I can't be hurt. I can't be hurt. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You like this as much as I do? Nothing. Nothing. Go with me to Hebrews, please. Glory to God. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Can't hurt me. Wicked one can't touch me. Has nothing in me. Can't get to me. Now here, here's, here's what this whole thing hinges on. Why can I be so bold to say such a thing? Because I'm standing behind the shield of faith. Now if I'm not, none of that's true. And so the key to this thing is having the shield of faith up in front of me and about me all the time and never lowering it. I understand it's not okay even to lower it for 10 minutes at 3 a.m. in the morning on a Tuesday. Because there is no ceasefire in this war. The devil's always firing. He's always looking for vulnerability. He's always looking for you to drop your guard, to drop the shield of faith. And whether we want to admit it or not, every time we've been hit and hurt, it's when we dropped the shield. It's when we lowered the shield. Now, it'll help us a lot if we just admit that now. Right? Don't try to make a bunch of excuses and a bunch of things. Every time we've been hit and every time we've been hurt, it's because we lowered the shield. Laid it aside. Dropped it. Pulled it down. And so we talked about the subtlety and craftiness of the enemy. That's why it is his continuous objective to get you and I convinced that he can hurt us. Because once we become convinced of that, that is the same as us lowering the shield. You lay it aside. As long as we're standing and saying and believing, nothing can hurt me. Nothing can get to me. This can't hurt me. No matter what's arrayed against you at the time, if you just keep proclaiming and saying, this can't hurt me, no weapon formed against me will prosper, nothing can by any means hurt me, then the shield is up. But when you get quiet, and you get to thinking, and you get to looking, and you get to feeling, then what you're doing is pulling that shield aside. And that's when you get truly hit. Now you're not just feeling the rattling of the shield. It's beginning to penetrate you because the shield has been removed. And that's when you do really get hurt. But it never has to be because you never have to lay the shield down. Never supposed to. Now in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, notice this. I believe God is doing a real deliverance in here this this morning. You'll see what I'm talking about further in just a minute. But I believe and have been believing for real deliverance in the lives of people that have felt that they have been hurt. Now in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, in verse 14, 
Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently. Everybody say diligently. See, this is not something that's going to happen automatically. You've got to keep up a vigilance with this. Looking diligently. What are we supposed to be diligent about? Lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. This word for uh, bitterness is also defined as poison. Poison. A root of bitterness and something that poisons and troubles the individual it's affected and then many be affected and poisoned by it. Something that's directly connected to this is being hurt. So many times when you see somebody that has this bitterness... And then this, this bile begins to affect their words and their attitude and their countenance. And many people can be infected by it. You can trace it back to them being hurt. They got hurt. And we have far too many Christians that are struggling day to day with hurts. People that feel that they've just been hurt irreparably. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in here that's gone very far down the road that somebody said something that didn't bless you. <laughs> and somebody did something that didn't help you out. Can anybody bear witness to what I'm talking about? I know a friend of mine at a church some years ago. He called up after Christmas. And uh, he had been working in this church and I mean poured his life, he and his wife and his family poured their life into this place and, and built a new auditorium. And he was a carpenter and did a lot of things himself. And I mean worked night and day to preach the word of faith and to get a good place. Really did just pour himself into this place. He calls up after Christmas into the office over there at, uh, at Raymond. He says he was associated minister there. And he says, send somebody up here to take this thing. I'm leaving. <laughs> and they said to uh, the fellow that, that talked to him no longer there. He, he was the coordinator at that time. And, and he said, leaving? Brother Sutton, what do you mean? Uh, man, I thought you just built a new auditorium. And he said, yeah, but he said, these people don't, they don't care whether I'm here, whether I'm not. They don't appreciate us at all. I'm leaving. Let somebody else take this thing. He said, what, what brought this on? What do you mean? Well, just one thing after another. But, but, but the last thing here was, he said, you know, Christmas time had just passed. He said, do you know what the whole congregation got together and bought my wife and I for Christmas? <laughs> Talking about the whole congregation. He said, what? He said, a five by seven picture of Jesus. A five by seven picture of Jesus. It's what the whole congregation got together and gave it. He said, I'm gone. He said, I poured my life into this place and they don't care. I'm gone. So he began to talk to him. He said, well, now, wait a minute. Brother. He said, now, I remember you telling me some years ago that you said the Lord sent you up there. You believe that? He said, yeah. Well, has the Lord told you to leave? Well, I don't know exactly that he said it, but, but I'm going. I'm going. These people don't appreciate me. Five by seven picture of Jesus. <laughs> he, said, he said, they just don't appreciate me. They don't appreciate me. He said, well, did the Lord tell you they had to appreciate you? Now think about this. People use so many things as an excuse to get hurt or to quit or to leave. I don't know about your call, but I'm sure it's, it's something similar. When the Lord dealt with me and called me, He did not promise me that everybody would like me. He did not tell me that everybody would appreciate me. 
Did he you? <laughs> Did he tell you that that was part of the criteria for you continuing? That a certain percentage of people like you and support you and love you and Man, I've gotten I've gotten letters that were not nice. Anybody know relate to what I'm talking? I mean, I've gotten letters that said you should get out. You should quit. Because you're hurting the body. You're damaging the body with that false doctrine. People would be better off if you'll quit. Just do the body a favor and quit. (laughs) Should that hurt me? I said, should that hurt me? And do you understand that the enemy is pretty good on his timing of firing his shots? This particular letter I'm talking about, it came at the worst time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, a lot of stuff had slapped me throughout that month and throughout that week. And there were five things that morning. And then I sat down and read this goofy thing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just a lousy timing for the devil, perfect timing. But should I sit there and look at that thing and go, (laughs) dear God, man, try to obey God. (laughs) I mean, you pour out your life. You lay awake and pray all night and study the word till your eyes fade and fall off the chair. And then this is what you get. This is what you get. What happened? If that was the case, what happened? Here came a shot. This was a shot. Boom. Now when you hear that, you should go, whoop, make sure that make sure that shield. Make sure the shield is up. What is the shield? The shield is not a literal physical shield. You can't touch it with your hand. You can't raise it up with your arms. What is it? It's faith. It's confidence. It's a persuasion of the truth of the Word of God. And a simple version of this part of it is just this. I can't be hurt. I can't be hurt. (laughs) And if you respond like that, you give it no place. (laughs) Do you know, it's no fun to be around hurt people. It messes up your party. And, of course, they expect basically one thing, for you to be sympathetic. That's right, for you to reach over, put your hand on their shoulder like a good Christian is supposed to do, and go, you know, brother, sister, I know it. I know people are so mean. They are so mean. Bless your heart. And you're such a fine Christian. I don't know how anybody could say and do these things. Sorry, rascal. But when we mature, even a little more, we'll realize that this is nothing to brag about. Did you hear me? To be hurt substantially reveals a lack of faith. You lowered your faith. That's how it got in. Oh yeah, you you might have felt the heat of it. It might have rattled the shield when it hit it, but it could have never really got in. It could have never really hurt you. Unless you had dropped your faith. And to be hurt substantially for a long time reveals unforgiveness as well. You're refusing to forgive. Both of which are serious. And we are to be ready to minister to people that are hurting and in need. But we don't need to eradicate the individual's responsibility to keep from getting hurt to begin with. All of us have made mistakes. There's been, you know, we all of us have lowered our faith and and let things in that they shouldn't have got in. So we don't want to judge and act superior and act like we've never lowered the shield of faith. But at the same time, knowing that we don't ever have to be hurt. That was too weak. I said knowing that we never have to be hurt. So when we are hurt, 
it's a big part of our fault. Because no fiery dart, no weapon formed, nothing shall by any means hurt us when we got our faith up. I know I was visiting some ministers some years ago, and I was sitting on the sofa, and uh, this little boy, just, I don't know, what was he, four or five years old, he come running in, and I knew him. He said, uh, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, and he ran over, he said, look, and he pulled up his knee, and it had a big band-aid on it. Apparently he had had a bike wreck or something. And, and he had a big, you know, big nice square bandage that mom had fixed up. But he reached and pulls this thing off. And with it all the healing that had taken place in the last <laughs> several days. And then he reaches up and he pulls it open. He said, look how deep. Look, <laughs> look how, look how, you know, boy, man. It, and he went on to tell me about it. Now, of course, when he starts doing this, I'm thinking, don't do, don't do that. Don't do it. But it's too late. You know, kids are pretty quick. And, and he's already ripped all the scab and all the healing out and pulled his thing open, you know. He wants to show me just how severe his injury was <laughs> and how deep the wound was. And I'm sitting there thinking about that, and the Holy Ghost said, he said, this is why Christians are not healing up. This is why people are still crying and can't sleep and have inferiority complexes and and, and timid and bashful and shaken and on prescription drugs and everything else because something happened 25 years ago. If I came up here today and showed you a wound, and you said, man, when did that happen? And I said, uh, 66. <laughs> look, how, look how deep it is. <laughs> what would you think? You think, boy, you need to go to the doctor. 66? <laughs> Why? Because it should have healed a long, 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 long time ago. Right? Do we have a healer or do we not? Can he heal the inside like he can heal the outside? Then why should we go on year after year and decade after decade? People say, yeah, but you you don't know what they did. Yeah, and you probably would like to tell us about it. And show us just how severe it was and how deep it was. And every time you do that, whether it's to your husband or your wife or your closest friend or your prayer partner, don't care who it is, when you pull open that wound again, you just set back your healing again. You got to believe God and let Him, first of all, admit. If I'd have had the shield of faith up, I wouldn't have got hurt like that. It couldn't have got through to me. Did you hear me? And secondly, even if you did, realize no matter what they did, you should forgive. Because no matter how serious their injury against you, their debt is like a $10 debt compared to a million dollar debt. That we all owe the Lord and he's forgiven us. And if we don't forgive them, he said he won't forgive us. Serious matter. So we must. We forgive by faith, not by feeling. Forgive by faith. Just like a debt that somebody owes you. You take the paperwork in your mind and you tear it up. And you say, they owe me nothing. Not even an apology. Nothing. They owe me nothing. No restitution. Not even an apology. No, not even an explanation. They owe me nothing. Nothing. They owe me nothing. And you do it by faith. Then you believe God, ask God to pour in the oil and wine. Then you let it cover over. And from that moment forward, refuse to talk about it. Refuse to broach it. Refuse to re-enter it. Refuse to. Even if people are well-meaning and they come by and go, Well, well brother, now what was that? What did they do to you? I didn't hear about all that. You just say, I'd rather not talk about it. If they want to push it, say, No, no. We're not talking about that. I'm healed. 
You've got to believe you're healed inside just like you do for your body. When are you going to believe it's done? And count it done. And I'm telling you, you do that. And even though you might feel some things for a while, you'll get better and better and stronger and stronger until the thought of it won't shake you anymore. Hallelujah. And then from then on, purpose in your heart. You know, sometimes people, people have even said this. They, they leave the implication, well, because I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual person and because I'm real sensitive in my spirit, I'm easily hurt, I guess. You know, it's just... <laughs> Maybe easily duped. Uh... Easily confused about the matter. But no, you being spiritual has got nothing to do with you being easily hurt. Nothing. I said nothing. I'm talking to somebody. Now don't say that again. Because it's a lie. And you're the one who's been paying the price. Going around hurt. Using up all kind of Kleenexes. <laughs> messed up the sleeves on all your dresses and shirts. It's nothing to brag about, about how many times you've been hurt and how many times you've been kicked. We need to be strong enough in faith that when people look at us and hear us, they think they've never been hurt. And you just smile and go, yeah, I can't be hurt. Can't be. Can't, oh, you, I've lost somebody. <laughs> can't be hurt. Can't get to me. I know when I, when I was a little boy, I got beat up all the time. <laughs> I come in every other week with my nose busted, crying. to my little boy. And my daddy said, boy, we got to do something with you. Come in crying all the time. So he put me in a school of martial arts. And it was old school. They practiced on concrete floors with no pads. And you had to sit up. If you leaned up against the back to rest, you know, when you're sitting there, you leaned up, you had to do a hundred sit-ups and say, thank you, sir, on every one. <laughs> Stringent, tough. And some of the first fights I had, I was fighting guys that were bigger than me. Never forget it. I was about 10, the guy was about 13 or 14. He kicked the pudding out of me, man. <laughs> he kicked me so hard. I saw stars. <laughs> and I'm laying on the floor. And the guy's twice as big as I am. And I start to get up. And I'm holding my side like that. Because he kicked me in the ribs. Oh, man, it hurts so bad. And, you know, I'm just a kid. And uh, my instructor caught me. And he pulled me around. And he said, he said, kneel over here. So I knelt like this. He said, never let the enemy see that he's hurt you. It encourages him to hit the same spot. That's good. He said, no matter, no matter what it feels like, do yourself a favor in him. He said, it encourages him to know that his blow was effective and to know where to hit you again. But if you do not express it, it discourages him because he sh that was his best shot. He's sure it did some damage, but he can't see it. So it discourages him. It took me a while, but over the next several years, I learned that. And there were several times when I was hurting so bad, but I never let the guy see it. I never let him see it. And it's discouraging to your opponent when he reaches down to his toes and he puts everything he's got into it. Boom! And you go, ha, come on, come on. <laughs> he's going, oh man, oh man, I'm in trouble now. We have an enemy arrayed against our soul. And even if you did, you lowered the shield of faith a little bit. And you let something get in on you some. It's nothing good for you to lay there and cry and whine. And to go around and tell everybody how somebody hurt you. And how they spoke against you. And how they didn't do you right. Get up and brush it off. Shake it off. And go, huh. Can't hurt me. I told you. Can't hurt me. Come on. Is that the best you got? Can't hurt me. You can't hurt me. In closing, go to Acts, please. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Said out loud, nothing Nothing. shall by any means means hurt hurt me. Acts 28. Can't get to me. Man, I like this. This is such a perfect picture. Well, the Bible said, uh, Jesus said, I give you power, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions. Serpents and scorpions. You remember that uh, Mark 16, what did it say? They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, what? Even bad food can't hurt me. Bad cooking (laughs) can't hurt me. (laughs) Now, you know, when you say something like that, people think, you know, well, I wish I was like that, but I have a sensitive stomach. See, you don't believe this. (laughs) I've been saying I can eat anything, nothing hurts me. You've been saying I have a sensitive stomach. I mean, you think pollen can undo you. It's so easy to sit up in church and go, nothing can hurt me, nothing can hurt me. Oh, is there some garlic in that? (laughs) Oh, some pollen out here. Oh. (laughs) Means you don't believe it. Try it out again. Nothing Nothing. can hurt me. me. Nothing. Nothing. By any means, no weapon form form. can hurt me. me. Glory. I like this. You know the story, but let's look at it. Acts 28. Paul and his crew are shipwrecked on the island of Melita. Now this hadn't been any fun for the last few weeks. Storms. Big storms. And this ship is not that big. Up and down. In and out. Day and night. Day and night. Whole lot of puking going on. (laughs) I woke somebody up just then. (laughs) And so they finally, the ship breaks up. And it looks like that you could all drown out here in the storm, but the Lord's already told them. There's not going to be any loss of any man's life. So, they made it to the island. And everybody's wondering, where in the world are we at? Barbarous people. Not a highly civilized place. And so Paul, not one to sit around and do nothing... He gets busy with whatever needs to be done and he goes over and gets a big load of firewood because it's cold and it's raining. They need to dry out. That's interesting. The Greek says capacity load. You know, prima donnas and people that can't get their hands dirty are not the kind of people God uses. He's an apostle. He started churches all over the known world, but he goes and gets a load of sticks and a big load. Capacity load. And then he threw him on the fire, and out comes a viper. Great, big, poisonous snake. Out he comes, sinks his fangs into Paul in his hand. Can you picture that? Fangs sinking down into the hand, releasing copious amounts of toxic material. Which usually causes imminent death. And when the barbarians saw that, they said, this has got to be a bad man. I mean, he made it out of the, the storm and the shipwreck, but vengeance wouldn't let him live. He died anyway. Isn't that something? I mean, he made it through the shipwreck and got out here and got snake bit, and the man's going to die right here. He must be a bad man. Now, here is where this story goes one way or the other. If that had been a lot of people, they'd have dropped their shield of faith. They'd have dropped it right there. They'd have said, I can't believe this. I'm a faith man. This is not supposed to be happening to me. 
I've been in jail for all this time. I've been on this smelly ship with all these other prisoners. If we hadn't have prayed and sought God and believed God, we'd all drowned weeks ago. I make it out of this. I make it through the storm. I make it through the shipwreck. And a snake bites me. This kind of stuff is not supposed to happen to me. God, what am I doing wrong? And when you're doing that, your shield of faith is laying over on the side here. It is not up. And you are not protected. In the desert, the Israelites, you remember, as they traversed through the the wilderness, God kept them. He protected them. He began it back in Egypt with a force field. That when the plagues and the different things swept through Egypt, when it got to the land of Goshen, it'd just be like getting to a state border or something. I mean, there's no wall there. There's nothing there. But when it got to the land of Goshen, it hit something. It hit an invisible but very, very real barrier that it couldn't penetrate through. Well, that didn't stay in Egypt. When they left, it went with them. And it protected them. How many know there's snakes in the desert? And scorpions. But you don't hear not a word about any problem with snakes and scorpions until Numbers 21 and they start griping and they start grumbling and bellyaching about we had fish and watermelon in Egypt and all we got out here is this manna and you brought us out here to die in the wilderness and then fiery serpents begin to bite people. You remember that? Well, see, why don't we hear about this before? I'm telling you, there were fiery serpents all around the border of that camp, but they couldn't penetrate that force field until they took it down with their mouth and their doubt and their fear and their unbelief and their grumbling and griping. What a picture that paints for us today. How many know we do have an enemy arrayed against us? There is a devil. There are demons. But I'm telling you, they're piled up against the force of faith. Look at Like they did with Job, trying to get in, trying to find a place to get in. And if we won't lower the force field of faith, they can't touch us. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean there'll never be any attacks or trials or tests. Paul wasn't delivered from the shipwreck. He went through it. He wasn't delivered from the snake bite. The snake bit him. Daniel got thrown in the lion's den. The three Hebrew children got thrown into the fiery furnace. But it didn't hurt them. I said it didn't hurt them. Instead of griping, instead of rationalizing, instead of reasoning, instead of wondering, instead of asking a bunch of questions, even accusatively to God, why God, why did you let this happen to me? That's how you die. What did he do? Tell me what he did. Tell me what he did. What you should do with any attack of the devil, with any fiery dart, with any scorpion or snake, shake it off into the fire and resume your conversation. Hmm? Why? Because you believe that you are protected. You are surrounded. You believe there's a force around you and in you that venom cannot penetrate. That venom was injected into his body, into his veins, but it met up with something inside of him that it could not penetrate. It could not get past. And it was neutralized on the spot. And the fire of it was taken out. It was quenched. And he threw it off in the fire. And what the Bible say? He felt no harm. No harm. No ill effects. They said, Paul, you feel a little faint and dizzy. I feel fine. I feel good. Let me tell you about this next revelation. When are we going to have a meeting here on the island? Did not let it slow him down. Did not let it bother him. He felt no harm. Stand up on your feet. Let's do something. Hallelujah. 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 Evil people. Seducers are going to wax worse and worse. Darkness is going to get darker. But the light in the church is going to get brighter and stronger. And the stronger we get and the bolder we get, the ungodly are not going to like it. Did you hear me? 
And some people that have tolerated us, if they don't come on over, it'll get to the place where they despise us and hate us and want to attack us. But nothing can hurt us. I said nothing can hurt us. Nothing can hurt us. No stories in the newspaper. No stories on TV. No articles and books written against us. No barbs. No media darts. Nothing from any other church group or any other believer or any other minister or ministries can hurt us. Now I want us to take care of some things right now. Some people need this. Everybody close your eyes, please, and let's release faith together and say it out loud. Let's just say it over everybody, whether it applies specifically to you or not. Father God, God, you are my healer, healer. inside and out. out. Forgive me me. for any hurts hurts that I have carried carried. and let remain. remain. Pour in in. the oil and wine and and heal this. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. name. Now just believe it for just a moment. Believe it for just a moment. Hallelujah, it's happening right now. In the soul, hallelujah, healing is flowing to the insides. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now say it out loud, Father, Father, with your help, help, I'll not reopen this wound. I'll not bring it up. I'll not not talk about it. it. It's healed. healed. It's over. over. That's it. it. And I will will hold up the shield of faith faith and never let it down. down. I'm protected. My family's protected. protected. No fiery dart. No No weapon. Nothing Nothing. shall by any means means hurt me. me. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.